welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. Today I wanted to break down, you know, the industry plays and how people learn across the industry. All the different plays. I've always wanted to do this type of episode. And I think it's a good time, uh, you know, in the way I see it. I want to just make it, you know, just start off right off the bat that this is how I see things. This is how I see all the plays in the game, all the different uh, classifications of betters and bookmakers and affiliates and agents and touts and everybody. Everybody that's earning somehow, that does something in this business, I kind of want to break down. And um, it's how I see it. So, you might agree with some of it, you might disagree with some of it. It's all good. You know, uh, uh, we all could disagree. Everybody got that right. So, but this is how I see things. And, um, and hey, let's have a good time talking about this by myself. So, um, first thing, betters and bookmakers. You know, let's start with the basics. I, uh, you know, betters, you know, how do betters earn in this business? Um, two ways, pretty much. You know, either by winning, um, winning, you know, placing winning wagers over a long period of time, or by, you know, bonus whoring, taking advantage of all these promotions and shit. Um, those are the two primary ways that you could win as a customer of a sports book. Uh, there might be some referrals also, maybe, if you refer a friend, you get a little bit. That's, that's part of the bonus whore type thing. Um... So being a winner, obviously, very difficult to be a long-term winning player, um, and it's tough to be able to last in this business as a winning player. Bookmakers will kick you out. If there's one thing that if anybody listens to this podcast or uh, knows about me, it's that uh, you know I hope that I kind of shed the light on that actually exists. The people, uh, the bookmakers, actually do kick plays out, and it's a shame, but that's just part of the business. The bonus whores, you know, I when I first started, when I signed up for accounts back in the day, 99, 2000, bonuses were running wild, and listen, I took advantage of them, I don't know if I want to call myself a bonus whore, where I just, my everything was based upon the bonus, but I definitely took advantage, if somebody wants to give me free money, uh, with a rollover, what am I going to say, not, nah, so I keep it, it's not like, I'm not like that, so I'm definitely going to take that money, and you just got to be able to use it to your advantage and find different ways to be able to play a bonus against in one shop against a bonus in another. There's so many ways to do it. Obviously, you wear out your welcome if you do that a lot. And uh, bookmakers, you know, w- w- will eventually show you the door. Just like if you're winning, anytime you're taking money out of the bookmaker's pocket, um, uh, for the most part, bookmakers that don't have the skill base um, will just show you the door. All right, let's talk about bookmakers. How do bookmakers earn? You know, obviously, the bookmaker has the vigorish, the 11 to 10. That works in their favor. Um, that's the best by booking bets, and everything is, is focused on booking bets. Um, the more uh, bets they book, the better the earn will be, um, theoretically. Um, you know, so you want to book as much action as possible. Now, 
you know, the recreational bookmaker, the dressmaker, as I call them, would say, oh, no, i got to book the right action. I only want to book losing customers because it's not all about volume. I want to make sure I get the right action in there. If I book somebody with half a pulse to know something, that's not the type of business I want. So, but for the most part, in general, you want to write the business. What else is a book? So, how do you, you know, gear towards writing that business? And you got to get customers to write business. So, customer acquisition. Um, that's the big thing. How do you get, how do you market, how do you get people to know about your product? So, you know, the first the first thing is is, is to, to, to put out that marketing, to put, you know, these different things. Hey, get all, you know, the, these marketing employees. Huh, if LeBron James, you know, sign up today and place your first bet $100 for free, and you win $100 if LeBron James scores a three-pointer tonight. You know what I mean? So the dummy, you know, there's, and there's a lot of dummies in this business, will say, oh, man, LeBron James definitely going to score a three-pointer. I'm going to get a free $100. Of course you're going to get a free $100, but this is not, you're not sharp, you're not skillful. You know, I don't know. I guess the bookmakers um, in today's marketing thing thinks that, you know, this is the, the way to do it where, you know, you have instead of giving somebody free money, instead you kind of make them think that they're earning that bet and playing on their emotions and their naivety and, and their, their stupidity, I, I should say, you know, if, if I want to go extreme and say, look, man, look, man, you, wow, you got that. You have a winning wager. Why don't you keep wagering? Why don't you send us more money and see how you do because you really got a knack for this kid. You know, and, and, and that works. Um, that's, the, you know, that's the marketing tactic that works. Um, and there's a lot of other different things. You see all these commercials um, with, 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 you know, uh, with, with trying to get uh, people to know about their product. They're all over the place. I remember 10 years ago, there was a website. And uh, I'm trying to remember what the website was. I think it was Golden 8 or Golden Palace. That's what it was, goldenpalace.com. And this website, some some lady was on eBay or something and sold the rights to her kid's name. And she said, you know, you pay me enough money and you, whoever the winning bidder is, you name my kid whatever you want. And I think the winning bid was either 10000 15000 something like that. And, um, and the kid, you know, this company wind up winning the bid and that kid was named GoldenPalace.com, which is wild. It's crazy shit. Just imagine, you you know, you're a mom, and, you know, times are tough. Listen, don't hate. You know what I mean? Everybody got a right to earn. And, you know what? It's, it's a buyer-seller transaction. Um, I'm all for that. But it's it's a tough thing for the kid. You know, that kid's going to school. And that kid's, yo, what's up, GP? What's up, GoldenPalace.com? Like, how is that kid going to be able to live through that shit? So, it's a little bit crazy. But, you know what? Um, moms have to do what moms have to do to be able to, you know, feed the family or whatnot, and um, and I don't know if the kid had to keep that name for a certain number of years or when he could change it, but listen, that was big because not only was that kid named GoldenPalace.com, obviously, um, you know, all his friends that knew his name was GoldenPalace.com weren't signing up, but, you know, the word got out, and then, you know, everybody wrote an article about it, and that 15000 or 10000 whatever it was, was well spent on that kid. Um, because he just sold his name, and that's the desperation of it. He just sold his name, the rights, and that kid was called GoldenPalace.com. I thought that was wild. So yeah, so to acquire customers, there's so many different ways. How about customer retention? 
Um, how do you retain customers? That's another big thing. You know, bonuses, loss rebates, kickbacks. Um, some guys, if you're a big player and you're such a big dummy, they'll give you Super Bowl tickets. They'll give you free tickets to games, free free items, um, all that shit. You know what I mean? There's always ways. There's always different ploys that they use. Um, you know, points bet. Some guy on Twitter pointed out that points bet has, you know, they send you an email with this, you know, hot blonde saying, hey, baby, come and send me more money. And, um... And, you know, I'm going to give you a free play or I'm going to give you a bonus and all this shit. And, you know, sex sells. You know, the power of pussy can't be denied. Um, and, and it's everywhere. Like, you know, if you go to any of these offshore websites, you know, every time, almost all of them have uh, have either, you know, some type of a football player or they have some girl in a bikini or some girl, you know, with the, with the black lines under her eyes. Like, she's about to, you know, play a game and shit. So... It's all over the place, and, and, and that's, you know, guys like that shit, obviously. I like it too, but I don't, you know, you kind of get immune to that. And um, But uh, some guys are not. You know, some guys will actually choose to uh, to sign up with a shop if they get an email, a personalized email from a supermodel or from a model saying, hey, baby, sign up. You know what I mean? It's probably automatically generated. She ain't typing that shit. Um and she don't give a shit about you if you become a winner. And a lot of guys don't see that. You know, a lot of guys think, look, wow, this girl really likes me. You know, the, the, the gambling community, a lot of people are, you know, it's, it's a fucked up world out there. Um, and, um, you know, so a lot of guys need that social interaction. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later when I talk about touts and stuff. But, but yeah, so sex sells. And that's a big thing. And uh, a lot of people use that. Um... You know, I always look at it as it's just it's it's inversely correlated. You know, it, you know, the more beautiful the person is, um, the less they know, in my opinion. The less I trust them, the less I'm gonna and and the, you know, the more fucked up looking the person is, damn, this guy's onto something. And I know that sounds crazy, and I'm not gonna mention names. I'm not gonna, you know, but just look around the world. You know what I mean? Uh, look around the atmosphere. You know. You know, it's it's hard to be, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, it's such a stereotype or whatever, but usually the pretty people aren't the smartest people um, uh, in this business, and in most businesses, um, and it, and that sucks. But there are people that are both. You know, what I mean, you can be good looking and sharp, but I guess, and and from what I've seen though in the sports betting world, it, it's hard to find both, um, and uh, it's usually a, a red flag for me. So customer retention, customer acquisition, you know, and then of course the customer deacquisition kind of thing, where um, where you you know you're trying to get rid of the short players. That's a big thing too. You know what I mean? A penny saved is a penny earned. You know, you're trying to get rid of players. Joe Asher, um, you know, I remember somebody saying that Joe Asher would uh, and William Hill, if he if his team didn't kick out like two customers a week. He think that you're not doing your job right. You know, how could you not find two sharp guys to kick out? And, you know, he'll go on and bullshit on these panels and all this other shit in public saying, no, we love winners, this is all fabricated. You know, it's all, you know, he's a bullshitter. And um, they don't love winners. They're not bookmakers, they're dressmakers. They don't know what they're doing. They just, it's like a, the analogy I like to use is, is and I, I've posted this on Twitter, I've said it a few times, but um, it's like a bucket brigade. You know, you have, um, you, 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 your basement, let's say you live in Seattle, 
you've got a basement that's flooding. I heard it, you know, in Seattle, they don't even have basements really, but let's just assume, you know, you've got a special house with a basement in Seattle, and it's always raining, and your basement's flooding. There's two ways to get rid of the water. You could hire a bucket brigade to be able to get rid of that water. Now, that's a cheap way. You get, you know, manual labor, 10 guys, you know, and they just scoop up the water with buckets, and you do that every single time, um, and it's cheap. It's cheap labor. Or instead, what you could do is you could hire an engineer to be able to divert that water, to be able to use for your benefit, whether it could be drinking water or filtered water or water for your garden or bath water, whatever you use water for. And, and you just made a problem, uh, something that you could benefit from. Now, that engineer, it's going to take time for that engineer to change the leveling, to be able to change the leveling of the house, to be able to, to, be able to divert that water. It's expensive. Once an engineer does this thing, um, it's a beautiful thing. You just change the problem into a solution, and you're able to earn to it. Same exact thing with a sharp bookmaker, a talented bookmaker. He knows how to use sharps in his benefit for his favor, and he's able to do that. And it costs a lot of money at first. It costs a lot. It's not easy. It takes a required skill. But once you get that skill and once you're able to achieve that, then... Um, you know, the world is your oyster, so they say. So, um, you know, that's that's what the bookmakers do. Better's bookmakers. Let's talk about others now. Let's talk about agents. Agents are, uh, you know, mostly found in the offshore world and the underworld. What are agents? Agents are like sub-bookmakers. Um, essentially guys that, uh, that, ref that acquire customers for the bookmaker. And, and then they earn a piece. What kind of what kind of pieces are there? What kind of structures are there? You know, you can Dutch book somebody. So you could say, hey, Mr. Bookmaker, I'm, you know, I'm going to get this customer. We'll Dutch him 50-50. Boom. Why you get 50 of it? You get 50% of the wins and losses. I get 50% of the wins and losses. We chop it down the middle. Um, usually don't people don't do that. You know, the bookmaker say, no problem. I'll provide the service for free. Don't worry about it. Um, that's... Uh, that's that's rare to find something like that these days, but it definitely exists. Uh, most people are on some type of a sheet. What's a sheet? A sheet is like a bunch of customers, and then you earn a percentage of the customer's losses. So a red sheet, let's just say somebody has a 25% red sheet. You have all these customers. First week, they lose 10000 you just got to give the bookmaker 75. You're an agent. You collect the 10,000 from the customers. You keep 2,500. Give the bookmaker 7,500. Okay, next week the customers win 10,000. The bookmaker is going to give you the entire 10,000. If you're an agent with a 25% red, you don't have to worry about covering the wins. The bookmaker covers the wins. So you, you take the 10,000 from the bookmaker, pay all the customers. But let's just say in the week three, the players lose 10,000 again. Well, sorry, you can't really earn this week because you got a makeup. You got a ten thousand dollar makeup. So now you got to be able to collect that money from the plays, pay the bookmaker. But now you're out of the red. So there's a red. There's a makeup figure. Had the customers lost fifteen thousand that third week, that ten thousand goes right to the bookmaker, and then the additional five thousand that they lost, you'll be able to entitled to earn twenty five percent of that. Um, so yeah, so it's uh. There's different structures. Some some people put give give sheets with no red, um, and there's different ways. You know, I don't know if there's any referrals or anything like that in the agent world, but um, everybody's is always different ways. Now, being an agent with a unregulated bookmaker, 
is 100% illegal. Um, being a bookmaker uh, uh, is illegal as well in the United States. So I just want to make sure that's clear. People are like, wow, oh, this sounds like a great business idea. You know, I, I be careful. That's illegal. I, I can't condone any illegal activity. All right, let's talk about affiliates. So affiliates are like agents, um, and they kind of like divert traffic to the bookmaker. You know, there's a, a lot of these affiliates are disguised as information websites. I think Action Network is one of the more famous ones. There's other ones out there, too. Um, but they're in a bookmaker's pocket. You know, they're trying to give reviews of bookmakers. But guess what? You know, the bookmakers are paying them to be able to bring traffic to them. So how are you going to, you know, there's a conflict of interest there, obvious, right? How are you going to be able to trust somebody that, you know, that, that is paying you, that's, that's feeding you? Am I going to trust your opinion on this bookmaker when this bookmaker when when this bookmaker is actually giving you money to be on that website? So, you know, anytime you see something like that, a promo code or a link to sign up with this bookmaker, if that guy's talking about the bookmaker and what's good and what's bad about them, fuck you. You know what I mean? You're in his pocket. I don't trust anything you have to say. Get out of here. You know, it's it's, it's your opinion means shit to me. These affiliates, they earn in one of two ways. It's either they have a referral, um, where, you know, listen, every player that signs up, um, they get, you know, 500 bucks, 1000 bucks. I don't even know what the number is. Um, or they might have a percentage of losses. And that's really slimy. Imagine that. You have this information website. You're trying to say, hey, let me teach you how to be a winning gambler. But in all reality, your earn uh, as an affiliate is designed... To, uh, is, is, is structured so that your customer, if the customers lose, you make more money. How great is that? You're bullshitting these customers trying to say, hey, listen, this is how you earn. Hey, listen to this guy. He's an expert. And, you know, you have all these videos and these talk shows and all this other bullshit. And then all of it. But at the end of the day, they want you to lose because the more you lose, the more they earn. Um, so it's like a 25% or a 10%. I don't know what the number is, 5%. You get a percentage of whatever uh, the customer loses. So there's all these crazy things. Be careful with these affiliates, um, with these links, um, you know, promo code. Anybody that gives you a promo code, that's a crock of bullshit. That's, that's an affiliate link to be able to tie your business um, to, uh, to, the, to that person that's giving you that so that they can earn to you, um, you know. Don't trust any of that shit. It's a slimy business, the affiliate business. And listen, if somebody wants to say, listen, hey, somebody be honest. Hey, listen, I ain't going to, like, like, let's just say I, I'll never be an affiliate, but let's just say I was. Number one, I, if I were to be an affiliate, I would never be an affiliate where I'd earn a player's losses. That's ridiculous. I can't, I'm over here trying to, I run a podcast called Be Better Betters, but, you know, wink, wink, I hope you lose. Come on, get out of here. That's crazy. So I can't do that. But um, if I was going to divert traffic to a website, you know what would I what would I require? Number one, I would have to make sure that that bookmaker books me. Um, so there goes ninety nine point nine percent of the bookmakers out there. Because if you don't book me, then how am I going to say, hey guys, try this place out? It's great. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, second thing is I got to make sure that you won't kick out the customer. You know, you're, you're a bookmaker, you're not a dressmaker. 
So there goes the other 0.1%, and you're left with probably one or two shops. So it doesn't make sense for me to ever go into the affiliate thing because it just, you know, I I, I, I practice what I preach. I'm not going to divert traffic or, uh, di you know, to try to bring traffic to a website that uh, doesn't accept me. Um, you know, no, not going to happen. All right, let's talk about the data integrity, guys. You know, if the affiliates... Or the bottom of the barrel. The data integrity guys, in my opinion, are like after you take a big shit, you flush the toilet, and then the smears of shit are on the toilet. That's a data integrity guys. These guys are bullshitters. They try to say that, hey, listen, we'll be able to spot anomalies and we'll be able to know if a game is fixed or not. Get the fuck out. No, but any, any bookmaker with half a clue with half an ounce of experience, will be able to spot betting anomalies and be able to spot something that's out of the ordinary right away. Um, you know, this industry has succeeded uh, and has la has done very well with a few instances here and there without these data integrity fools. Um, these guys, it's just a ploy, it's a con. These guys don't know shit. Um, they can't help anybody. Um, and it's just a money grab. And it's a shame because a lot of states, in order to get, uh, for bookmakers to get licensed in a lot of these states, they need to align themselves with a data integrity firm. What a bullshit. You know, that's why these firms exist, because of that rule. And these states thinking, okay, you know, we'll protect everybody, we'll protect both sides, the players and the teams and the customers, that everything is fair, so we'll get this data integrity firm. Meanwhile, these data integrity firms are all bullshit. A lot of these guys are on a take. A lot of these guys are, uh, you know, it's just bad. It's a shit business. Um, there's no talent in it whatsoever. And um, I, I think they're the worst of the worst. All right, let's talk about journalists. So, you know, journalists in this business, the thing I like to look for if I'm, lo if I'm reading somebody in, in a journalist, you know, I want to make sure they're not one-sided. Um... So a good example of somebody that, that's two-sided is my friend Dave Purdom, ESPN. I've had dinner with Dave several times. He's a friend of mine. I think he's aces. And, you know, Dave Purdom, you know, you know, he would write things about bookmakers and say good things. But, you know, there was that one article he wrote about William Hill, which was, was, was devastating. And, you know, he it was an investigative article. He interviewed guys like me, different players that got kicked out. He's interviewed former ex-employees of William Hill. And shit, and and you know he broke it all down. These guys have a kickout meeting every week, and you know they're trying to kick people out, and he kind of exposed them for what they are, and that's great. You know what I mean? If you have a journalist like that, then okay, now I get it. Now when you talk about bookmakers and stuff, you're not in the pockets of all these bookmakers. You know, don't get me wrong. A lot of these journalists, they have to be able to rely on something, be friendly with some of these bookmakers to give them information. Hey, the public's on this. The sharps are on that. You know, this guy bet 500000 on this game. So the bookmakers share that information with these guys. And, you know, so it's a tough thing to do to be able to uh, write an article exposing and, and, and kind of, you know, pretty much breaking shit down on the bookmaker not doing the right thing. Um, but you know what? Somebody that does that takes that risk and, uh, and risks losing their source. You know what then? At least I know that that, uh, that journalist also has the player's side. Um, uh, he, he's thinking about the player's welfare. And I love that. And not like not many of those exist. So anybody that, uh, that's out there, you know, 
you're not asking for a bash bookmaker bash article every week, but you got to have that occasional one to keep yourself in check to make sure that people realize you're not in these guys' pockets. All right, software providers. So software providers, you know, let's talk about bookmaking software. Bookmaking software out there is so outdated, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. When Pinnacle first started, Pinnacle used to be a phone out. We used to be able to call up Pinnacle back in 99, 99 you know, 2000. Um, and you could call up Pinnacle, it was an 800 number. And slowly but surely, they were the first to realize that, hey, you know what, let's just write the business on the internet, let's go all internet. And that was unheard of back then. This is the time in which places down in Curacao, Costa Rica, Belize, everywhere, Jamaica, Antigua, they had all these rows and rows and rows of phone clerks. Betting on the internet, or betting big on the internet, was unheard of. Pinnacle says, no, that's the future, let's do it. And it was revolutionary at the time. Um, you know, to bet a, to get a big bet online was not standard. Fast forward to 2021, when I'm taping this, you know, that is the standard. But in Vegas, in other places, they still have higher counter limits than they have um, on their app. Why is that? Because the bookmaking software does not have an auto line mover. Okay, an auto line mover essentially moves the line automatically, protects the bookmaker from being hit at the same price by more than one customer. You know, if you've ever seen, if anybody who watches line movements, you see Chris go from 5 flat to 5 minus 21, you know, okay, somebody laid the 5 flat. But only one guy laid that 5 flat. If the second guy wants to come and lay that favorite, he's laying 21 cents. Okay, why does Chris do that? To protect themselves. Because they, they're, they're entitled, you know, to be able to move the line. and They don't want to write more than one limit bet or one big bet to a, to a number. And that's not in the software. In all these regulated places, it's not there. So what do they do now? Instead of writing the right software to do that, they'll put you on a spin-out, a bet delay. Oh, my God, a bet delay? You know what I mean? That's like going backwards. In this business, you want to write. Write action. The more you write, the more you earn. Here, you're slowing down the writing process. Oh, let me see here. Before we approve this bet, let me check the odds. You know, what the fuck? You have a manual approval process? This is completely antiquated. It's backwards thinking. You know, you have articles come out earlier today where they're saying that, that, uh, that, oh my god, bot protection is, uh, you know, you got these the guys that are using robots are the worst thing in the world. Whereas you have somebody like a Pinnacle that offers their API, that has a documentation. Here is how to use your bot to be able to bet fast on our website. You know what I'm saying? It's like complete opposite. Um, you want to write the business. You want to have a bot. Fuck it. Let people bet. The, the, if you make it easier for people to bet, um, then it's great for everybody. You want to write that action, so it's just it's just complete again. And what 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 happens? There's a recreational model, the professional model, and then you have this. You know, it's 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 just a complete uh, difference uh, 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 of philosophies. Um, you know, and what, what's happening? Why why do people not have auto movers a lot of the times? Because they don't write. They don't move on action. Most of the guys are on auto-copy of a consensus line or auto-copying a pinnacle line or a Chris line. It's a consensus line these bookmakers are dealing with. Nobody's physically moving numbers. There's no talent. There's no art. They make, they've, they've dwindled down the bookmaking profession 
to a program that copies a real bookmaker's number. And you know what? If that's the way they do it, that's fine. But somebody like me, somebody that's sharp, if I know who you're copying, and I know exactly what outs you use, and I figure it out, and I reverse engineer it, then that's it. I'm going to town with that shit. And that's what I do. I'm just being honest. That's what my team does. You know, if I have 45 people, 45 bookmakers copying Pinnacle's number, uh, what do you think I'm going to do? You know what I mean? It's pretty obvious. Um, so it's just, it, it's crazy. Um, with this 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 uh, this bookmaking thing, and and when you when you start dealing a pinnacle line or a Chris line, and you don't you're not even charting like there's no chart, so you're not, you're dealing you know if you ask any old school bookmaker any bookmaker, um, that's booked, how do you hang a number up when you don't ha- when you don't see your chart? It's like the most amazing thing. Um, it's completely against anything that I've seen or that I've been taught about this profession. And again, I'm not a bookmaker, but I've seen and I've dealt with a lot of the big ones. It's it's completely unbelievable how this is the method that they're using. Um, and uh, it's backwards. And the people that, that eventually everyone's going to catch up. And like I said, these guys, these bookmakers are going to kick the wrong people out one day. And, um, and the government's going to say, listen, you, you, you know, you got to be able to figure out a way. If, if XYZ could do it, if Circa could do it, why can't you guys do it? Why can Circa do it and you, can, and, and you can't? What's wrong with you? Do you lack talent? Do you not want to spend the money? Do you not want to hire the engineer to be able to uh, to be able to figure out how to book sharp customers? Like These are our, our, our state citizens too. These are Americans. Why should they not be entitled to have the same limits that everyone else has? Why are you picking and choosing? If you lack the talent, then why should we give you that license? Let me give the license to somebody that is more welcoming, that is able to have an all-inclusive policy and still earn great revenue for the state. Oh, no, but we, you know, that doesn't exist. You can't have both. They're mutually exclusive. Oh, no, you can't earn great revenue and, and, and keep all the customers. No, you can if you have talent. But you, Joe Asher, and you, you know, you guys don't have talent. You guys don't know shit about bookmaking. You guys have the bucket brigade. You have the weekly kickout meetings, and that's what happens. Um, you know, you you know, DraftKings. You limit guys to twelve dollars and thirty-seven cents. It's just ridiculous what's happening in this business. And I've said it so many times, I almost sound like a broken record. The, the the software, the bookmaking software providers, leaves a lot to be leaves so much to be desired. I hope it uh it, it gets better soon. Let's talk about Don Best. Odds, odds line software. Everybody uses some type of an odd software. We use Donbest as a backup. We have our own internal software where we scour all the lines. We have, we see lines that Donbest doesn't even know exists. We have bookmakers that people don't even know exist. That are, the website there's websites that are just in Chinese. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's just. Uh, you know, the only thing that, that that's in English is, is the team name and and, and the odds. Um, so it's um, you know, but 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 it's essential um, if you're a pro better to be able to have some type of an odd screen. You know, and and um, and you know, it, it's funny though because you know, the way the advent of an odd screen is, it's crazy because a lot of bookmakers they can't uh, they can't book without an odd screen. 
these new guys. CG Technology, before they got bought out by William Hill, after Mike Colbert took over, um, and you know after we got pinched, and then CG Technology became the dressmakers that they were, they wind up closing shop, or they wind up not taking action because Don Best was down. Can you believe that shit? We're not taking action. We're not. We're not opening our book because we can't see what other bookmakers have aligned. Like what? What, what happened in the seventies and eighties and nineties when you didn't have that shit? You know, um, it's just unbelievable that these guys have this mentality. A couple of offshore joints. I remember um, when I was coming up in the business, an offshore joint told me that too. Hey, sorry, can't take your action. Don Bess is down. Please call back. You know, so it's 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 unbelievable how people are so reliant on a line service um, software like Don Best. One of the best stories with Don Best that, that was big, and, and one of my big earns. You know, in, in this business, you got to find edges. It's all about information. So anybody that doesn't know, one of the best betters slash bookmakers that ever existed was a guy by the name of Spiros, Spiros the Greek, um, the Greek.com Olympic Sports, good friend of mine, great guy, honorable guy, one of the best in the business. And he was a betting bookmaker. He was very sharp. He was aligned with some of the sharpest people out there. And he would bet NBA. He was the king of NBA for a long time. And what Spiros would do is he would, you know, have a different number. And I noticed this because I would see a number on Don Best. And I'd go to his website and I'd try to bet it. But that number didn't exist on a website. So then I, And then I realized, you know, 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, the number would move towards the one he had on the website. So what was he doing? He was holding up the Don Best screen. That was his big, that was his MO. That was his big thing. Okay. He would hold up the screen. He would move the line in his internal software. Um, and nobody would know the line was moved. And it was a greedy type thing, right? So that this way he could book at the right number that he wanted to book at. But then he would hold up so that he could bet all the other bookmakers. And they don't know what the line is going to go to because he was holding it up. So this was a big, big edge for me when I figured this out, and this thing lasted, my God, this thing lasted like eight years, okay, and I don't even know, I, I told Spear about this a little while ago, I don't know if he knew how long it lasted and how much I had this edge for, but it was big because I was able to, uh, to just, I would have, we called it Ollie fakes, Olympic fakes, where I would be able to, you know, and I would be alerted, I'd have software that just scours and looks at the Don Best lines, looks at the Olympic lines, whenever there was a discrepancy, boom, I knew what Spirit was going to bet 10, 15, 20 minutes before he bet it. Of course, I'm not going to ruin his market, but I'm, you know, I'm going to wet my beak. And I'm going to get down a little bit. I know that line's going to go, and I know Spirit's a winning player. And I made, you know, countless uh, money with that, just with that tool. And again, these are just little tools, the little edges that I've gotten through, you know, just, just by finding stuff out, stumbling over them, and using technology in my favor. little side story I never told, I don't think I publicly ever said, so... I just wanted to share that. But um, but an odd software is essential. A lot of people, you know, with the cost uh, of the odd software, I think it's essential. You know, maybe one day, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm talking with my team and stuff, we might release um, our odd software. I don't know if I'm ever going to do it, you know what I mean? Right now, just I earn so much knowing what these numbers are and seeing all these different moves and stuff. So I, who knows, if there's enough interest... Um, if people really want to be able to, to then I gotta worry about a subscription service and stuff like that. And you know, it's a lot. It's a big headache. But I don't know. Maybe one day I might want to get into that business. But uh, I'm not feeling it right now. All right, let's talk about let's talk about touts. Um. So you know, 
Touts is a big topic. That's like, you know that's 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 a big part of this business. Anywhere you look, what are touts? Touts are guys that are trying to sell you something. Um, and uh, you know, there's uh, you know, all over Twitter, there's touts everywhere. And Twitter's a really you know, it's 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 a funny place. Um, you know, the way I look at Twitter, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things in which. You know, there's, 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 when, 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 you, when you see somebody's Twitter profile, there's a lot of, like, you know, there's guys that will tweet a little bit, you know, okay, you got a, they got a couple thousand tweets, five, ten thousand tweets, whatever. Then there's guys that are up there in the 20, 30,000, like, what the fuck are you on, you know, you are right. And then there's guys, like, in the 50, 60, 70,000, and then you got the really fucked up guys that are in the 100,000 tweets. I remember, you know, I, it was a fortune cookie I read, and it said, a man who talks much says little. Anybody that tweets 100,000 times, I don't give a shit what they're selling, I don't give a shit what they're saying, shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You just babble. Just imagine a little bird, tweet, 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 and that shit happens 100,000 times over its lifetime. Holy shit. Shut the fuck up. Nobody wants to listen to that shit. And, um, you know, I used to follow different guys. I'm not going to name names. I don't want to play nobody out. But I used to follow a few guys on Twitter, and I just got so sick of it. It's like, this guy is fucking just keeps yapping, bop, 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 yapping. Hey, listen, I, you know. And and it's like one of those things. These guys, a lot of these guys that have a lot of these followers, and a lot of these, they tweet a lot. A lot of the guys that tweet a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm talking about abnormal type shit. A lot of these guys, they care about likes. They care about followers. Um, and they're socially inept, um, you know, th- there's, there's a, a life outside of social media, outside of Twitter, most likely doesn't exist, um, these are the type of guys that would, you know, go out and, and, you know, they'd, they'd post something, a smart thing, or they'd post something on Twitter, and they'd get a hundred likes, and grab a few new followers, and they'll walk around and shit feeling confident, when in reality, people look at these fucking guys, like, look at you, you're fucked up, you know, what the fuck's wrong with you, and, um, you know, but this guy, the guys don't give a shit, hey, it doesn't matter, I got all these likes, cyber, the cyber world loves me, um, and, um, you know, that's all I care about, and these guys are stuck in cyberspace, they're stuck in their own, you know, and, and people love that shit, some people, that's what makes them tick, um, and again, this is how I see the world, this is how I see shit, you know, I'll tweet here and there, but I'm tweeting if I'm taking a shit, I'm not, I'm, I don't, you know, I put that shit down, I don't give a shit, there's days I don't fucking tweet, I don't care, you know what I mean, and, 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 you know, but there's guys that can't stop, they just love it, they're addicted, and, um, it's part of their daily lives, and in my opinion, if somebody that tweets a lot, that's, that, and that pretends like, they says they're an expert on something, or they're trying to sell you something, you know, it's hard to be able to talk so much and to be able to earn. How do you, how are you able to tweet all this and type so much and still have time to earn? You know, you're saying you're a pro better, but all you do is tweet. You say you're a, oh yeah, you're a tout that, that does all this research and all this shit, but you're just selling shit all the time. You just talk, talk, tweet, 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 come on. So that's something, that's a red flag, I think, that, uh, that I look out for, I always look, if I'm looking to see, how, how often does this guy, how many tweets does this guy have, because somebody that tweets a lot, I don't care to follow, I want to hear that occasional, boom, if you want to say something, alright, I'm feeling it, that's it, but if you just constantly babble, and pop, 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 that to me is just garbage, and I think that those people, um, again, you know, it's, uh, I think they're a little, there's a little bit of a social problem, 
Um, that's my opinion. So, um, so let's talk about touts and let's talk about you know people selling shit. You know, now there's touts. There's you know, the the the, the ones that are. Um, you know, what do you sell? There's people that sell betting partnerships like me. Listen, anybody on Twitter that, uh, you know, people, sell, anybody on Twitter that uh, that says, you know, they're not selling you shit, that's a that's another crock of shit. And I mean, my buddy Rufus, there was a time in which on his Twitter profile, he says, I'm not here to sell you anything. And he took that, you know, until I am. Uh, and he took that shit off. And listen, he has a right to change his mind. Don't get me wrong. Rufus is a friend of mine. But, um, you know, anybody that's, that, that, that's, uh, that's, says, I'm not trying to hear to sell you something, that's bullshit. Okay, everybody's trying to sell something. Unless you're one of those 100,000 guys that just wants to make friends and shit. You know what I mean? That just wants to just get all these likes and say, hey, you're, you know, that have people praise them and shit that, that they need that because they don't get that in their real lives, so they need that. Now, I have no qualms about it. Listen, I went on social media, I got on this thing, not because I want people to say I'm cool or you're a professional better or people to admire me. I don't give a shit about anybody that listens to this podcast about your admiration. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm a pro better. That's what I do. I make enough to feed my family. I don't give a shit if strangers like me or respect me. As long as the bookmakers that I, that I deal with respect me, my betting partners respect me, the guys I deal with in the business, the who's who of the business respect me, that's it. For to have the public admiration, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not into that shit. That ain't me. So you know, I don't seek that. Others do. Others want to see their name in lights. Others want to be able to say, "Oh man, that guy's smart." They want to hear good things said about them, and that's fine. To each his own. That ain't me. I'm here. I, I started. I did all this whole thing to try to be able to get betting partnerships. Um, and I'll, I'll discuss the difference between betting partnerships, touts, in a second. But I just want to, you know, so there's betting partnerships, there's touts, um, there's guys that are selling information or tools or whatnot. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, 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 why, why is in the gambling world, why do these touts exist? Why are they so prevalent? And, um, and, and, and the answer is really simple. You know, this industry is, is, runs rampant with degenerates. Okay, there's so many people out there looking for answers to solve that puzzle of winning. Okay, so many people they lose. They're like, man, I want to become a winning better. I want to win. I want to learn how to win. How? Okay, and and this business is prime for selling the promise, the 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 goal of hey, listen, I can make you a better better. Hey, that's the name of my podcast. Be better betters. I can make you, I could give you something of value. I could sell it. I might even give it to you for free. Read my post. Read my blog. Don't mind those affiliate links. Don't worry about that. If you want to click on it, go ahead. But read my shit. You know what I mean? So everybody's trying to sell some shit. They're trying to do it. So, you know, and, and it's prime. This industry is, is so, so primed for that because everybody's looking for answers. There's so many guys my God, I can't, I, I can't tell you how often messages, I ignore all my messages. I'm so behind on these Twitter messages that I get. Hey, who do you like tonight? What, what's your advice on this? I just can't answer it all. I just got no time. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, that guy from that movie Big, Zoltar, where you just, I could read your fortune. I could tell you what's up. You know what I mean? I just can't do that shit. Uh, I got no time. I got to earn myself. So, um... And that's another thing. So, so this thing is primed for that. So, um, 
So what do you look for when you're trying to buy stuff? Now, most likely, listen, everybody hates a salesman. You know, I'm trying to go buy a car, and um, I walk into the thing. Everybody, nobody likes sales guys. Nobody. You walk into a car dealership, you see that guy walking up to you, and I say, hey, can I help you? Ah, shut the fuck up. Get away from me, dude. You know what I mean? Right away, you get. I get that thing. Okay, you slimy fuck. You know what I mean? I know you're going to try to jerk me. You get that. It's a defense mechanism. We all have it. Okay? And listen. I'm not trying to play anybody that sells shit out there, car sales, whatever. I'm not trying to play you guys out, but let's face it. The stereotype is there. You know, you guys are, you know, a used car salesman. Holy shit, that's like the worst, right? It's just known, that, 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 that line. Oh, man, he's slimier than a used car salesman. So it just knows. Anybody that's trying to sell you shit, it's a slimy business. It's slimy, slimy, slimy. So, you know, how do you determine who's legit and who's not? And it's hard. It's a hard thing um, to do that. But um, I just here's what I would think about. So the first question I'd always ask with anybody that's trying to sell me anything, that's trying to sell me picks or information or, or betting partnerships or whatever, is who the fuck are you? Like, who are you? What credentials do you possess that makes you qualified to be able to sell what you're selling? Okay look at the credentials so like and and you got to make sure the credentials match so just think about it you know let me give you examples of life that credentials don't match okay are you going to have a bankruptcy attorney say hey listen i'm the best guy for your criminal defense okay absolutely not doesn't fit uh are you going to have you know a 250 pound lady tell you oh man i'm your best weight loss coach trust me send me that money I know how it is to be fat, but you know what? We, I, I know how uh, I'll get you skinny. What? I don't want. That's insane. No, I don't want it. You know, if you maybe lost all the weight, sure. You know, you test. You know, you, you're able. You went through that. You could guide me through that. Okay. But um, you know, you it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, the best one. I remember my buddy. You know, he was going through marriage counseling. Had some problems with his wife. Went to a marriage counselor, and two sessions in, he asked the guy. You know, he was like, "Hey, listen." You know, you've been married before? You're, are, you, are you married? He goes, yeah, I'm divorced twice. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm over here. You're trying to give me and my wife advice on staying together. And you're in two failed marriages? Are you kidding me? You tell me you're qualified? Oh, yeah, I'm licensed. My buddy told me, he told him. The guy, oh, yeah, I'm very qualified. But you can't even, you know, you can't take care of your own marriage. How are you going to advise me on mine? So you, you got you to gotta always look at that source. Um... And, uh, and and see, you know, who the fuck are you? I think that's such a big question. I, sorry for my vulgarity, but it's just, I want to drive the point home. So, first thing I'm going to ask is, do you bet for a living? Um, you know, are you a better? Are you a pro better? Um, and the answer usually is no. Um, okay, so, okay, if you're trying to sell me picks, but you don't bet for a living, then, uh... How, why would I, if you don't believe, you know, if you're not earning and if you're not doing this for, for a livelihood, why the hell should I trust you? It doesn't make sense. Second thing you asked, do you do, you do, instead of do you bet for a living, do you teach for a living? Are you a teacher? Can you teach me something? Is this your profession? Is this what you do? And if the answer is yes to that, okay, that's great. And those are two different skill sets. Very important, okay? There are great betters out there that will, you know, that will, winning betters that might have a hard time teaching somebody how to turn a doorknob. Um, and on the other hand, 
there are great teachers out there that have no practical experience that might not have placed a bet in their life so you got to look at the source and see if that source is able to help you out and you know and if it's worth it if they're going to be able to bring me bring something to the table worth of value uh second question is is you know does the seller use that product so does it if it's a tout um you know does the tout uh use you know bet his own picks you know, I remember Vegas Dave on one of those shows, he gave out some Super Bowl pick, and somebody says, hey, did you bet it? He goes like, hell no, I'm not betting that shit. But you just gave it to all your customers, charged all this money, and you're not even betting that shit yourself? That's like, damn, how slimy can you get? You know what I mean? So it's just like, come on, you know it's a fraud. You know it's bullshit. So if these guys are not betting their own thing, then I would not trust that shit at all. Um, if they're not using a tool that they're trying to recommend, um, if they're not using the concepts that you're trying to teach you, then you know what? If you ain't, if it's not good enough for you, uh, why do you think it's good enough for me? So that's another important question I would always ask. Another question, which is very important, and this is this is this eliminates a lot of a lot of different things. Are your interests aligned on both the upside and the downside with my interests? Okay, that kills the tout business a lot of times. Okay, because, you know, this is why I believe the betting partnership thing, which is what I do. And again, this is this is what I believe. Um, when I, what is a betting partnership? You know, Chinese Mike and every if people follow me, they know what's up with that. People give me accounts and we share in the wins and losses. You give me offshore accounts and I'm able to, uh, if I win, we share in the profits. If I lose, we share in the losses. Our interests are aligned. I don't ask for any money, nothing. I just need accounts. I need to bet. That's what I do. I'm, I'm a professional better. Okay, what does a tout do? A tout says, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you what to bet, but you pay me for my selections. Now, you pay me for my selections. So what happens then? Um, that's a little bit, you know, you got there's, there's, there's number one is the guy has closing line value. Number two, uh, are you able to, is the pick price worth enough when you put that pick price in and you factor that in to the, to the uh, to your uh, uh, bet bet amount, um, and, and then you factor that in, you change the juice around. Are you still able to beat the closing line by enough to overcome the bookmaker's vig? There's a lot of different equations um, that you have to do there, and I think I did another podcast on that, or I talked to Edit Raz about that. He's you know the only tout that I'm a proud subscriber of, and the only one that I recommend because for me it's a no-brainer. And he'd be the first person to tell you that his uh, his his uh, his service is not for everybody. You got to be able to bet high enough to be able to have the selection price be a, a, a minuscule amount compared to what you're betting to be able to to beat that closing line enough to overcome the bookmaker's vig. But you got to make sure that your interests are aligned. So my betting partnership are interests aligned. Most touts, though, the interests are not aligned. Okay, um, you know, let's just say you send me a pick, it loses. But wait a minute, I just paid you money for that. Are you going to give me my money back? Hell no. Um, but you know, the touts going to keep the money whether you win or lose. So you know, it, it, that that that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and the interests are not aligned. And that's why you know. It's tough following a tout um, because you want to make sure that, you know, and that, believe me, a lot of these touts, they want you to win. Don't get me wrong. They really care if you win. But at the end of the day, some of them are like, fuck it. I got to just get that earned and I'm getting that money regardless of whether you win or lose. And um, the interests are not aligned. And, and, and that's that, that's the inherent uh, flaw in the tout industry, in the pick tout industry, I should say. Um, but then again, the earn sometimes is not always financial. 
you know, um, you know. So another question you ask: Can I earn more than what this service costs me? Can I? Is it worth it? Now, sure. Sometimes you know what you might not be able to make more money following a service or following somebody or using some tools, but or, or whatever. But sometimes you know there's different things. Um, you know, th- you know, you might be able to achieve knowledge by you know uh, uh, subscribing to somebody and reading their write-ups. Uh, maybe that's something that might help you. Um, some people that that's that's big for some people. Sometimes you know there's an emotional attachment. You know, a lot of guys in the tout business, they're 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 very good on the phone. They talk really well on the phone, and they're they're some people sometimes need a friend. It's fucked up. Okay, I mean, I'm, I know I'm getting deep a little bit, but you know I've seen it. You know, it's like because I talk to some people that become my betting partner, and I'm just like, listen, just explain this shit to me. Why did you, what's important, why did you subscribe to this guy? You know, he would talk to me and shit, and he, you know, when we had a losing day, he would cheer me up, and he'd say we'd get him next time. You know, people need a friend, because losing is a lonely place. Um, it's, it's, it's lonely. And you know what? When you feel as if you have somebody there by your side that lost with you, although in all reality, the only reason why they're calling you is not to be a friend, but to make sure that you send them more money, but um, but people, you know, they they instead believe otherwise. They're like, oh yeah, this guy's my friend, you know, and he cares about me. And we get through the losses together, and we win, we celebrate. You know what I mean? You know, I send them a bonus. You know, all this other shit. You know, it's crazy. It's a dirty, dirty business. But a lot of people need that emotional connection, kind of just like back to you know when they see the women and shit. They see, oh man, I just need this hot blonde sending me emails and stuff. A lot of guys look for that shit. You know, gambling. The gambling world is is a lonely place. It's it's a lot of uh. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's just a crazy, crazy business. So that's the thing, you know, when it comes, to, I think I've covered everything about all the different facets of, uh, of, of, you know, of about how people earn and stuff. And, you know, so the two new things, you know, this info tout, um, let's talk about Captain Jack Rufus. They're starting a new company. Um, and, and here's the deal, you know what I mean? A lot of people, man, I can't believe the bashes they got that, you know, the hatred, the, all the hate and shit, everybody just hates, hates, hates. It's just unbelievable. And, you know, it, it, it's nuts. Like, guys, just they're professional haters. They drink the haterade. And you see Rufus defending himself. Captain Jack, they're all just writing, responding. And just, it's like a defense thing. It's like, oh, my God. Um, and these guys are trying to offer something for free for a while. And it's people are still hating on it. You know, a lot of, it's, it's crazy out there. You know, people hate pe- seeing other people succeed, it seems. Um, and I don't know why, um, you know, you know, and, and look, don't get me wrong. I know Rufus probably regrets putting up that, that, you know, profile of, Hey, I'm not here to sell you anything. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, but, um, but listen, he has a right to change his mind. Let the kid earn. Um, let Captain Jack earn. You know what I mean? The Captain Jack puts out videos. He earns nothing to do that. Peanuts. So you know what? These guys have a right to earn. And it's very simple. And just like every town, everybody, no matter what, the slimiest of touts, they all have rights to earn. Because nobody's putting a gun in your head and saying, send me that money or else. No. They send you, they release a product, and then you'll just say, hey, is this good or not? And you make the decision. That's it. And as long as, as they advertise real things and, and, and they're not bullshitting, then so be it. you got to give everybody a chance. My buddy Harry Crane. He's running a he's running a, a, a seminar, a ten week class, with his man Philip, um, two professors. Resumes are ridiculous, and Bill Benner is a special guest. I'm a special guest lecturer. 
which Bill Benner is a billionaire, um, a billionaire horse player that's made billions betting horses. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm nowhere near that. So, but at the same time, you know, it's three thousand dollars, and and that's an expensive class. And a lot of people, you know, hate. Oh, yeah, three thousand. Nah, it's not worth it. Get the fuck. You're crazy. I can't see that. That's fine. You know what I mean? You know, you think Harry's gonna give a shit? Um, whether what people say that or not, Harry's got his 40, 45 signups, whatever he has, and um, and he's gonna teach the class, and that's it. People see value in that. There's guys, you know what I mean? Me personally, uh, to speak to somebody like a Bill Benner, to somebody, to speak to anybody that's made billions gambling, to me is is, is something that I think is priceless. Um, but that's just me. Um, you know, I love to speak to other pro gamblers out there. I think it's great, and somebody at success at that level, I think is priceless. But not everybody sees it that way. You know, people are like, you know, just how am I going to earn now? And, 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 you know, these classes are designed and all the stuff, these tools, you got to just look at it yourself and just look at it and, and, and judge it for yourself and see, hey, listen, is this worth it or not? Um, to some people it is, to some people it isn't. If there's any, you know, like that Harry Crane class, you know, to some it's a no-brainer. To those 45 people, they signed up, it's a no-brainer. Um, to others, it's like, ah, oh, nah, I don't know about this, then don't sign up. You know what I mean? And people just hate on it. They'll hate it because it's jealousy. Because they can't offer the same class where people are going to sign up. You know what I mean? Only somebody with Harry's resume, with Philip's resume, with uh, the star power of Bill Benner, and with me, I guess. You know what I mean? I might be the cherry on top. You know, they're, they're the, the crux of it all. But, you know what I mean? You know, they're not going to be able to get all that. So people hate. Oh, how is that? And I'm not, just to full disclosure, Harry offered to pay me as a guest lecturer. And, uh, and I declined that. I said, Harry's my buddy, and nah, don't worry about it, Harry. I'll be happy to share some stuff. It's cool. You know what I mean? It's behind the paywall, and um, it's not going to get out into the world what I'm going to show and whatever. So I'm happy to share some exclusive content that's not free from my buddy Harry. It's cool. Um, Harry's a Rutgers guy, and um, good. For, every time I have a conversation with Harry, he's smart as hell. He knows his shit. Um, we've had lunch and dinner several times. I have nothing bad to say about the guy. He's he's 100% in my eyes. So listen, you got you got to make those calls and you got to look at it. You know, Rufus, Captain Jack. You know, what I mean, these guys are pros. They're pros, and I know Rufus, and I know and and, and Rufus and Captain Jack. They're ethical guys. They're not going to cross that unethical line. Rufus will do everything he can to put a product out there that he thinks is worth it. So anybody that hates on Rufus, nah. Rufus is a very he he has a strong ethical background. He will not. Uh, substitute his his he will not sell you a bag of shit and tell you that it, you know that it's great no that ain't him captain jack same thing these guys are a hundred percent um ethical guys honorable guys i know that i know them both personally so i would you know judge the products for the product and i would not you know think that these guys are, are bad guys just because they're earning everybody has a right to earn that's it it's really that simple let people learn don't hate and um and but go through that list make sure that the interests are aligned make sure that the guys that are selling shit have credentials you know make sure that you know that the earn that you'll be able to get is gonna be worth it worth more than the price of admission um in the long run and it could be just like you know people say if you know oh is this book worth it if you get one nugget out of a book it's a hundred percent worth it is attending this lecture or this conference worth it? If, if you're able to meet one contact out of that conference, it's worth it. 
You know what I mean? If this lecture is worth it, if you're able to plant that one seed in your mind that this guy talks about, it's worth it. And you don't know when that happens. You don't know how that's going to happen. But it's all about generating ideas, making you think. And um, and that's that's the key. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to, you know, to have a roadmap of do A, B, C, D, E, and here it is, follow the map, and the treasure's buried at point E. That shit's not going to exist. And anybody that tells you that is bullshit. Um, but you know what? I'll be able to show you how to get from A to B, and then if you find a way, maybe you can get to C this way or that way. I kind of don't know how to get to D, but you know what? You might want to think about doing this or that. Um, and, and, and then, you know, then E, you know, once you get to D, you might be able to see E from somewhere, and E's where the money's at. So you got to find a way yourself. That's how it is in anything. You know, I always say, I, you know, for me, when I started, I read the complete book of sports betting by Jack Moore. And he talks about the blindfold method. Essentially, you know, the top-down approach that I always talk about, where I'm looking at different line sets, I'm looking at off numbers, I'm looking at discrepancies in different lines, and I'm executing trades based on those discrepancies. I don't know players, I don't know teams, I don't know nothing. I just know lines, and I know what a half a point is worth. Okay? But in Jack Moore's book, he talks about calling 1-900 services to try to get rundowns and try to find out what different odds are in different sports books. This is right when the internet was at its advent stages, right? Uh, infancy stages. So, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's, but, you know, I just took that and I was studying computer science at the time. I'm like, why don't I just apply these principles and write a program about it? And I use that same program till this very day. The exact same program that I wrote back in 99 and the 98, 99 that I wrote, that I still use a lot of the same functionality, believe it or not, the same crux of code is still used today. So, um, you know, reading I think is big. If I didn't read that Jack Moore book, I would have never had an idea to write that program. And, um, you know, that's big. It's, it's, you just learn these things and you kind of get inspired and you kind of be able to, there's no... You know, not too many books. I don't think there's any book out there that'll tell you do A, B, C, D, and E, and E is where the buried treasure's at. There's no map. You know, they might tell you how to get to C, and then say, listen, you could probably get to D this way, and then if you get to D, you might be able to C, E, or whatever. You got to find a way to get inspired and find a way to do it on your own and figure out a way to get it done. Um, and, and that's the thing. You, you got to, uh, it's not a, a map that you could just follow step-by-step recipe. No. You gotta find your own way, and um, and I'm a big fan of uh, you know reading and learning. All right, I hope you guys are uh, enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed taping it. Thanks so much for the time. Until next time.